Good morning and welcome to Article 23, the podcast all about making work work. I'm Rhonda Brighton-Hall, I'm the CEO and co-founder of MOI, Making Work Absolutely Human, and I am delighted today to be joined by our gorgeous South Australian Adelaide Business Director, Sally Wolford. Welcome, Sally. Hey, welcome, welcome everyone. Happy days. Uh, enjoying being in Adelaide at the moment and really looking forward to uh, welcoming everyone because uh, we finally have a MOI actual office. So looking forward to welcoming you all to that in the near future. Yeah, that office upgrade, very, very exciting. It's very, very exciting. It looks so cool. We've loved those photos a week. So, yeah, we're looking forward to getting across the border when they open them up too. That'll be just terrific to be outside. Um, and we're actually recording this on Are You OK Day, which is another pretty important day. We've just done a team check-in and a bit of a chat about it this morning amongst the team across the world. And um, it's really interesting is um, when we look at cultures, and obviously that's work we do all the time with really great companies who are trying to create cultures where people can thrive and feel that they belong. But there's actually a really common element even in great cultures that no culture is perfect. And the really, really good cultures, the ones where good, bad or indifferent day, each of the colleagues and, and the team are reaching out for each other and making sure they're all okay and being really generous about caring for each other. And so it's sort of like the really great cultures have Are You Okay Day almost every day. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it's just reinforced why it's so important. So every day should be that Are You Okay Day, but today we want to make a big focus on that to, to really make sure that we're asking people every day, what are you okay? And if they're not, or, or you can sense something going on, what you can do next. Yeah, really good instructions. I think the, the are you okay guys are really putting out some good material now too, that you can sort of learn how to do that less clumsily than we do. But even if you do it clumsily, I think it's better than not doing it. So the topic we wanted to talk about today, which is sort of related to this, is we wanted to talk about what is really great culture and how do you map and measure it and how do you understand it? And so when we talk about culture, one of the most important things is, Actually, how do you measure it? What works and what should we be looking at? And we have long been advocating, long, long, long been advocating for the retirement of the engagement survey. A really a lovely idea that came up in the uh, um, 1990s and it was all about seeing whether we could um, get things to be uh, productive. We could do more with less people was sort of the name of the game. And so the, the measure for that was engagement. And, uh, and it's sort of like, that was fun and we need to stop doing it is basically where we're coming from. How do you feel about engagement scores? I ask knowing full well how you feel about them. Uh, they, they don't work. They ignore the entire context. They're not real. You know, an engagement score doesn't necessarily mean that you're capturing what your employees are actually feeling or thinking. And, and when you create those questions, and I'm absolutely guilty of creating those questions myself <laughs> in, in previous organisations, you're right, you tend to go off the previous questions, you're asking the same things over and over again, but they're not really the right things you want to be asking. So no, if no. I were a choice, given a choice, I'd give the gold watch to engagement surveys. Yeah. And let's move on. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Let's retire that little Muppet and let him go home. The thing, that, the thing when we started looking at engagement scores and the reason that they're quite restrictive is, first of all, culture is a really complex system. And so by trying to put a number on it, you're really ignoring the fact that there's a group of things interacting with each other and you need to understand the set, the whole system, not just one part of it. The other thing that's really interesting is it's, it's a business score. So you get a score. You say, we are currently at 79. And so people go, oh, we're 79. If we get really good, we have to get to 80. And so if we get to 80, yay, we've got to 81. As soon as you give a business team a score and say that's how we're going to judge anything, 
they'll game it. They'll game it, they'll win it, and they'll make sure they get the next highest number up. And so it becomes highly competitive and very aggressive. And so that sort of way of how do you understand how people interact with each other? How do you understand how they work together? How do they collaborate? How do they build confidence? How do they build creativity and innovation? How do you measure that when all you're trying to do is win? Absolutely. I, I think I'm also one of those guilty participants in the surveys that used to game it positively. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, oh, we want to get to here. So I was one of those ones that were probably skewing the scores along the way as well. <laughs> There's also something about most, most of us when we're working with our boss, we, we usually like our boss. I know there's lots of conversations and lots of sort of high drama if you look at LinkedIn or anything about terrible bosses. But most of us get on well with our boss and like our boss. So if we've got feedback for them um, or they've got feedback they want to give us, it's usually a pretty open conversation and you're giving it to them. The last place you want to write it is an engagement survey. So yeah. we had one organisation that wanted to do scoring of it and they were so fearful that it wasn't going to be anonymous. And I'm like, if you've got a culture that's so fearful that the only way you can ever give feedback, it must be completely anonymous and they're terrified of giving feedback otherwise, then you've really got a whole bunch of problems. And I don't think one little survey is going to really wrap that up. It's a, it's a fairly limited way to try and talk about it. And probably those people that are that fearful, they're probably not going to fill out the survey anyway. That's all. Oh, yeah. There's an exactly. element of that. If they don't trust the culture in the organization, then they're not going to trust to fill out a survey. Yeah, absolutely. So if they love their boss and want to give them some constructive feedback on whatever topic, they'll just go and tell them they don't need a survey. And if they don't like their boss or they're terrified of them, they're not going to tell you anyway. So you're sort of caught there. Yeah, absolutely. So what do we do with those results? What do we, what should we be measuring Rhonda? Let's, let's have a chat about that. <laughs> so this is like one of my favorite topics in the whole world and everybody knows that, but for a long time, we've been trying to look under the skin of what does it actually take to create a, a culture where people thrive? How do you map it? How do you measure it? How do you understand it? If I'm sitting on a board or an executive team, how do I get those positions around me that I can understand what's actually happening in the culture rather than just getting a single number? And so what we've been working on for a couple of years now is a belonging index. And that way we talk and people have said, should you call it belonging or not? But the reality is that's what it is. When you feel that you deeply belong, there's a couple of elements that really come to life. So we know that when you feel like you belong, you're more confident, you're more trusting of other people, you find your own space, you know that other people are going to give it to you, you want them to be successful, you're sort of in it together. There's a really beautiful feeling about belonging to something that's more important than just yourself. It's your, it's your connectivity to other people. And so when we started looking at what it takes to doing belonging, we went right back into a lot of research and sort of came out with the fact that there's just a couple of things that really matter. Now, we've spent a lot of time getting the questions and the way you think about this right, but it starts with things like, do you have purposeful work? Are you aligned to your work? Does it matter to somebody? Is it useful? Then you get to relationships. Have so you got some relationships that are really useful, that people like you turning up, you like them, you have lunch together, whatever it happens to be. Then some agency. And, and this is where a lot of sort of happiness sort of work falls away because there's a part of happiness is actually quite meaningful. And so it's not just about, do I get on with everybody, but it's about, can I turn up as an equal? Can I turn up as an equal adult, choose to do my work my way, free agency over how I do it? And the final piece of that, which is very important, is accountability. Now, wrapped into there is things like safety and feeling that I'm included and feeling that people like me are included and people not like me are included. So there's certainly not a singular four questions, but 
there's a short group and we think we've got that survey, the belonging index down now to about a four minute index, four minute review. And from that, you can map individuals, you can map teams, and you can map an organization. And it's the first stage of what we're calling a culture dashboard, which then plays across to diversity, inclusion, identity, plays across to relationships, plays across to decision-making and power and privilege. And if you're looking at all those things together, you've got an absolutely fabulous way to map, measure and understand culture in a deeper way than we ever have before. It's, and it's that entire, gives you a full lens of everything that's going on, yeah. um, rather than just that single score. And it's not, I don't think it's gameable. It's not gameable at all for what we've built. So right. it's super, it's super exciting because it's, it's real. Not, not gameable because we don't, we've built it so there's not high and low scores and it's actually about alignment and preferences. And it, that's a very, very different way to do it. We've now got three universities working with us um, longitudinally to map and measure this against organisational success related to culture. This is just, we've waited for this for a long time and is extremely exciting to see it come to fruition. And, you know, the, the organisations we're working with are just saying it's a whole different conversation and we're very, very excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited because I kind of wish that I had this a few years ago. <laughs> In an organisation doing a big culture change right. and, and lots of gaps and issues that are in there. I think this would have helped it progress a lot quicker by yeah. actually really being able to nut out what that sense of belonging was and then adding in that diversity and the identity indices as well. I think it would have helped me get a lot quicker and also get more insight early on. Rather than having to wait to build an engagement survey, I think I could have rolled that out quicker and we'd have seen completely different um, pace and also we would have seen some completely different successes coming out of that i think yeah the, the other place that we found it, it's really useful for is if you're doing acquisitions so if you've got your little business and you're humming along or your big business humming along and you say look that business over there is a bit like us but not quite that is something a little bit special we might buy them and bring them in you can actually do use this to, to do more deeply understand the culture of the two organizations and what will happen when you bring them together or inside an organization the culture of two teams and what will happen when you bring them together where will they be perfectly aligned and where will they where will they clash and what should you do about it and so that's another element to this is that we wanted to be something that isn't sort of an event driven you know once a year we do this although that's important for baseline measurement and everything i get that but equally you want something that teams and individuals can grab and use on the go as they go when they need it and they want to be thinking about how they work together. And I think that getting that sort of usefulness, the relevance of it is super important because the feedback that we had from so many people when we did the big focus groups and things about this was basically, oh, I fill in the survey and nothing happens is one thing, or um, I fill in the survey and it, then next year I fill in the same answers again and nothing's changed in between. So it's sort of a, okay. In some of those surveys now, they also ask that question, you know, do you think anything will come out of the results of this survey? So they ask that question and then publish those results and then they still don't do anything about them. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> and then that we ask it again in a year's time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, nothing's changed. So I think it's about what we've tried to get is this non-gameable way of putting it, which is on a continuum, which I think is important. But it's also this, this view that the importance of work and, and that's sort of where we started the whole business of why, but it's the importance of work to our daily life. And I think all of us in the last couple of months have got a massive injection of 
um, understanding of just how important work is because we've, we've always had this, oh, it's, it's just a place you go away from your real life and then you get back to your real life in the afternoon. But the reality of what we're looking at now is that we suddenly understand that turning up, showing up, being with other people, whether it be virtual really, in real person, is actually really important to our mental well-being and health. It's important to how we feel about the world. Um, it's important to our confidence. It's important to our ability to collaborate, to trust, um, and to feel like we're part of something. And and so can't underestimate that. I think we've sort of parked it for a while and said, oh, it's about productivity, going really fast. I can do my job alone much faster in my lounge room than you can, so we're good. But the reality is it's not just about that way of working where we're doing our own thing. It's our impact on each other. COVID has given us that insight. I think we thank COVID for that because it's given us all that opportunity to just reflect and work out actually what is work? What does it mean to us? And now how we actually fit in that big parcel. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people that would, would agree that they've literally stopped and reflected on their entire lives and what matters most to them. Um, and belonging is one of those key things. You and don't want to hang around there or hang around with those people. Yeah, and do this work. I mean, it's really, th this work is really important and I get to do it with cool people and that's sort of where my life fits together really brilliantly. I think it's a, it's a very simple idea, but a very complicated way that you have to go through to get to the really, the essence of it. And I think in, in three and a half years, we've got to it in pretty good shape. So I'm really looking forward to sharing more and more of this. And, and on behalf of the companies that are already working with us, thank you so much for your support to get us to a really different way of understanding, mapping, measuring culture so that we can start to really get to workplaces where all of us can thrive as opposed to places we just have to go. Is there anything you'd add to that, Sally? Uh, I think um, this whole, the whole piece takes it way, way beyond that inclusion component. Belonging just takes us to that next level. And I think that's one of the things that we've all recognised now that just being included isn't enough. We want to be included, but we all want to have that sense of belonging. So this, this piece just takes us to that next level very easily um, and gives us a real insight into the culture and what we need to do moving yeah. forward. Yeah, it is. That's a very big part of this is not just this is what culture looks like, but what are you going to do about it? And yeah. I hopefully we'll make that action sort of component of it much easier too. Thank you so much for joining us, Sally. It's always lovely to see you. Um, and thank you everyone for listening to our podcast this week. We look forward to seeing you next week. But in the meantime, if you want to connect with us, we're at team at y.live or sign up for our newsletter also via team at y.live or via our website, www.moi.live. Talk soon. Thank Big you. Big from us. Big moi. Bye.